Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up? What's up? Ain't nothing. Tired. How are you? Same. But I'm here. So, praise the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Me too, sis. Me too. So tired. I think that's... Um... A uh, just gonna be a part of my reality from now on. That's really the reality of this entire show. How was Basically. your week? You know, I got through it. That's the long and the short of it. But I'm happy to be here. Happy to be back for another episode, episode three of Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. A big Hey, girl, hey to all of our listeners, both male and female. Please know that you will be referred to as girl because that's just how I refer to everything and everybody. (laughs) But it's not at all intended to be pejorative. So, hey, girl, hey. Amen. Well, I guess we can just go ahead and get into it. Might as well. Might as well. Hashtag might as well. Um, forgive me if I sound particularly dry today. I just have to be completely honest with where I am. I'm trying my best. Uh, but again, I'm happy to be here uh, to record episode three. And, um, I want to again, thank everyone who has been so super supportive of the show. Everybody who's listened Week one and week two, you guys have left awesome comments and mm-hmm. sent us fabulous tweets and made comments on Instagram and all that. And even emailed and sending your petty peeves and questions. And we really appreciate you um, checking us out. And uh, we hope that you'll stay tuned every week, every Tuesday. Um, continue to listen, continue to subscribe, continue to rate, continue to comment. We need all that stuff. So absolutely, thanks to God. Thanks again, guys. See, I can't even talk. Thanks again, guys, for all your help. So we will jump right on in here to shout out to my sis. My sis is popping right now, like. Um, shout out to my sis this week. Uh, we're going to shout out a sis in my head. So I don't know her personally, but in my head, we're good, good Judy's. I want to give a big shout out to Amber Riley and all of her fantastic, fabulous nests. Yes, Not only woman. is, absolutely. 
Not only is Amber, um, you know, snatching wigs in the United States of America, um, you know, in her role on the show Glee, and she played Glinda the Good Witch in um, Fox's, uh, when they redid The Wiz uh, a couple of last year. Yeah, she did an amazing job. Like, she's literally like every single thing. And um, not only she decided recently to take her talents across the pond to London, where she is currently starring in Dreamgirls as the one Miss Effie White. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday, well, no, I think it was April, April 9th, 2017. So Sunday, April 9th, 2017, Amber won um, the 2017 Olivier Award for Best Actress for that role. And I just think that she is so talented in just like all things. And for context, uh, Olivia is, is similar to a, a Tony. Right. So it's like UK. London's, right. It's like London's version of the Tony Awards. Yeah. So this is a big deal for Miss Amber. Um, and she looks stunning and sickening um, on the red carpet. And she performed, and I am telling you, complete with the ugly note at the end. And Turn the wigs back. It's turn the wigs around, girl. How are you going to get a Dream Girls reference wrong? Because I've only watched it once. Oh, you're irritating. The anyway. Most, the, the <laughs> Jimmy oh. won't mow. Jimmy won't mow. Jimmy won't Jimmy You're won't, done. Jimmy you're won't done. Mow. You're done I'm with not. your references I'm not. because you messed it up. They're alternative references. No, they're not. They are. That's what I'm calling them. You're a Republican. Shut I your got- mouth. <laughs> um As I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. Amber looked amazing on the red carpet. She sung, and I am telling you, complete with the ugly note at the end that we all love. Mm. She gave us all of that. And she sung those white people up out of their seats. And I was just, I just, it just blessed me. So I said, Amber's going to be our shout out to our sis this week because you popping, girl. Shout out to him. This is popping. Hey, but yeah, shout out to my sis. We love you, Amber. I hope that you know. I know she listens to the read, so she does. A and she's that. such a she's such a great representation of 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 a beautiful black woman doing things, getting them done. So we definitely want to shout out Amber Riley. Yeah, girl. Only been in London for five minutes and snatching everybody's wig. You just we will continue to speak your name, Amber. Hallelujah. Thank you for being you. Kitchen table talk. Hey, sitting around the kitchen table. You know, drinking. Talking. And talking bull swanky. Playing cards. Somebody's <laughs> playing cards. Somebody's playing, uh, it's a solo game. Cause nobody plays solitaire with real cards. No, we only play on the computer. Mm-hmm. Well, um, anyway. I don't know. Somebody's playing a card game alone, just flipping cards. <laughs> And they're building a t- building a, a house. Do people yes. Okay. They're building a house with their cards, or they're playing mm-hmm. solitaire on their phone. Or they're the playing solitaire on their phone, or spades, like my husband likes to do. So on his phone. On his right. phone. Mm-hmm. He's that's trying how to you practice. That's exactly what he's doing because he was Caribbean. He didn't grow up like we did, and so therefore he wants to make sure he's in on the game correctly. I just don't play because the blacks put. It's just not fun for me. But it's we can talk about that later. Crystal, Asante, myself, and our friend set up 
and played spades until 4.30 in the morning one night. What are you talking about? And our friend, you act like I wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> that's right. You're irritating. First of all, let me tell y'all about these niggas. And how I was, I, we was at Crystal's house for Thanksgiving. Yes. And I don't know where we went. Maybe we went, I think. No, was this was after Fury's birthday. This was after, but that was the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. So, um, we came back from the function. These niggas decided that they was going to play spades. I assumed my rightful place on the couch with the remote in my hand to watch. I don't know what I was watching. Oh, that you know what it was? That's when uh Centric had that Amen marathon. Yes, and you were over there cackling alone. Ooh, I got my entire life. She I was over there Amen having for three a days. Dang doodle on the couch. We'd be over at the table by myself. And she and all of a sudden in the corner, you hear <laughs> I would be in a full chest cackle, like like it was amazing. It was amazing. We look over and it was just here. That's right. I don't need no help. I don't so need we, nobody else. We got to Crystal's house probably like eleven thirty. Yes, and, bedtime. Um, and and Kia sat on the couch, and Tristan sat on the couch, and we got into a, a heavy game of spades. Heated heavy game. Heated. And every time he opened that grandpa eye to see. If I was still playing, we would all stop because we wanted him to go back to sleep so we could finish the game. Yeah, that was a rousing game of spades. That was probably the longest game of spades I've ever played. That was like ridiculous. You guys were like excessive. A complete tangent. Again, once again, always a tangent. So we have a couple things to actually talk about at the kitchen table today. The first uh, being uh, Pepsi. So we would be totally remiss in not, you know, putting our two cents in the global dragging Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that has has uh, come as a result of Pepsi's completely ridiculous, nonsensical, Tyrese-esque. Yes, Tyrese-esque, useless, worthless, advertisement (laughs) (laughs) of their uh, terrible, terrible product, Pepsi, like the actual soda. Um, So I I don't, I feel like everyone, you know, we've all can agree that it was just a terrible, terrible choice. For those of you who may not know, uh, Pepsi made a a very, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just bad. Like (laughs) it was just, it was just awful. Like really. It was, so, did you see the SNL parody? I didn't. Oh, it was good. I'm sure that it was. was But I mean, all, just imagine every, like, oh, if you could just wrap up, if Terrible came in like bite-sized pieces. (laughs) Like Dunkin' Donuts. If like, if if Terrible was like a thousand piece puzzle, (laughs) like all the pieces came together for this one commercial. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it was. Yeah, honestly. it made a complete a complete hole. Like complete was Kendall Jenner throwing her wig at a black woman <sighs> and stepping outside to dap up two black men who had just finished um, a break dancing competition. <laughs> like jigging for change. <laughs> like I just, I mean, 
Oh my so word. So it but... had every wrong thing possible in it. We were watching it in my meeting today because I work um, my day job. I work in advertisement. So we were watching it today in our morning meeting. And it was we, we said we were going to make tally marks for every offensive thing that popped up on the screen. And I just got tired. My wrist just gave out on me because the commercial is just that awful. Like and literally then, every, every, every stereotype ever known, ever. like every race-based stereotype, gender-based, every reli- like religious, um, related to religious affiliations, uh, religious beliefs, um, everyone. The Asian play, playing the yes. cello. Everything. Hello? Like <laughs> every, every stereotype ever demonstrated in one like seven minute commercial not even not even sis it was not seven minutes well it would just felt that long it It felt torturous like i was just pleading for it to be over so i mean the point is to recap the entire commercial i mean i don't even know if i can find the words there I are just, no words for it. It was actually a pretty also the SNL parody was so funny because it was it was a white man portraying to be like the creator of the commercial, right? And so he is on the phone giving the idea while this commercial like they are getting ready to actually air this commercial. And he's giving the idea to to an exec on the phone and you can clearly hear that th- this person is like, "Okay, this is a bad idea." So then they keep replaying that. And he keeps having another conversation. He's like, put a black lady on the phone. And he was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Black, yeah, so Black Lives Matter, it's going to be great. It's going to be motivation. Uh-huh. He was like, don't do it. Okay. But then they had to go ahead and do the commercial in there. We saw what happened where Kendall Jenner, again, threw her um, her wig at um, a slave. And, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and that was bad. I don't know why they had this black lady there to catch this wig. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I don't know who who did casting. I would imagine that it was somebody who was a part of the KKK. Who would say to black throw a wig at a black woman? And then you immediately pan to two niggas showtiming on the street. Step and fetch it. <laughs> Step and fetch it. No suits. I felt like my mother, like how I remember because, okay, when I was in high school, I played the violin. I'm not ashamed of that. But like people are like often shocked. But I played for I played the violin for like 15, 14 years. Mm. And I was pretty good. Like I made all state and all that. But let me tell you why I ended up with the violin. Because I of course, like every other black girl in the school, I wanted to sing in the choir. And my I mother was like My mother was like they expect us to sing in the choir to keep it. <laughs> they expect us they expect us to sing and they expect us to dance. They don't expect you to play the violin. So I think you need to play the violin. Like, it was like a social movement. Yeah. And while I did come to love the instrument, while I was, you know, good at it. And I I mean, I, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to have had the experience because, you know, it taught me how to read music and improve my ear and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it all worked out, but... I will say that initially, you know, I felt like my mother watching the commercial because <laughs> as I as Kendall Jenner stepped outside and those two boys was dancing, I was just like, mm-hmm, look, now look at this. 
And I said, pretty sweeties come down the street with their natural hair waving in the wind. Absolutely. And I said, well, what's next? Somebody going to dunk a basketball in a minute or something? (laughs) My Jesus. I was so upset. I was so upset. I said, did she... She fist bumped these black boys and like, oh, <laughs> I was just over it. And then they okay. laughed. Open And then mouth. it was like, and then it was like, oh my oh. gosh, I love black people. Let me fist bump <laughs> this black man. Like, oh. And I love ma- Muslims and Asians who play the cello. It's all good. It was, it was, fun. it was awful. You, I, why do black mothers always dictate the instruments that you play? I don't know. And I wondered, I wonder if I'm, I'm very much looking forward to motherhood because I just wonder if I'm going to be that mom. I feel like I will because no matter what, even though I said when I was younger, I'm never going to be like my mother. I feel like I'm going to be like her times 45 by the time I have a baby. So yes, I'm new into motherhood. You know what I'm saying? Noah's only getting ready to be four, but I do find that there are times that my mother will creep out and it'll be those, it'll be those, those little moments where I'm like, oh man, this is when she was acting like a psycho. I should probably not do this. So it allows me to check myself. But then I have moments where I'm like, well, this is why she said this. Okay. Mm -hmm. This makes sense now. I'm saying this, but I don't think I'm going to dictate the instrument. So I personally want, I, I wanted to play the drums and the saxophone as a backup. That was what I wanted to play. My mother was always trying to guide me in the direction of what she considered feminine. So she <laughs> hated that I love sports. She hated my clothes. And she wanted me to not play the saxophone or the drums. And I really honestly think she didn't want me to play the drums because of her nerves. But she had me play the flute. Her nerves? Yeah, you know, you hear all of that banging. Like, I don't want to oh. be hearing the drums right now. My right brother now. played the drums, honey, so it was just loud. <laughs> we, all just, we all just dealt with it like, it's so loud and it's so unnerving it wears on your nerves does it i don't maybe i just grew accustomed to it because it was always just so much noise when you come um, home just imagine yourself now when you're coming home from work the last thing you want to hear is i'm sure i mean i guess i'm just it's a lot. And then symbols, it's so much. But I get it. But no, I, they always dictate. That was another tangent. However. Yeah, but. I mean, we I appreciate that about... I played the flute. I wish I would have stuck with it so I could play that future song. Mm-mm, girl, I'm going to stop you right there. So, <laughs> um, I brought this up so that we could talk about the fact that not only, I mean, we all know that the commercial was terrible. But I, what I think is even more just detestable is that Pepsi has issued a public apology to Kendall Jenner oh. for her role in this in the um commercial. And I am just dumbfounded by, by right. that. Um so I guess the the apology says Pepsi was trying to project a global message of unity, peace and understanding. Clearly we missed the mark. We apologize. We are pulling the content and halting any further rollout. We also apologize for putting Kendall Jenner in this position. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm just like, yet again. Well, that wasn't nobody but Chris. But still, like, I just feel like, why is this billion dollar global company caping for Kendall Jenner? Like, Kendall knew, like, Kendall signed a contract 
Kendall endorsed her check when they rolled it. When they wrote that check, she endorsed it she and sure took did. it down to the to the quick check cash check cash and play. <laughs> she put it in her account. Kent like Kent like I don't know. Calabasas like, check cashing. CCC. Listen, CCC. She took it down there, and then she took you know she got twenty dollars in cash so she can go to the corner store and get some now ladies. Just like the rest a, of us. In a Pepsi. <laughs> in a Pepsi when we get our checks. Like, so I'm trying to figure out how is it that we, like, I just, in what world does the company apologize for putting Kendall in a position? Like, Kendall got the script. Kendall read, she went to the rehearsals and read through, like, she sat in on the meetings she and did. she was clear about what the content of the commercial was going to be. No one uh, blindfolded her and rolled her into a room and turned the camera on and she was completely unaware of what was happening. So I'm and just I trying to figure before, out. You know she thought this was a good idea. So she signed off on all of this. She was totally 100% comfortable with the creative content and knew she just knew this was going to be this groundbreaking amazing chain life-changing commercial and little did she realize that she was going to be dragged to the middle of the earth for being a part of something that was so distasteful and so offensive and so insensitive and a number of other things so I have no no love and, and, and nothing in my heart for Kendall Jenner. You knew what you were doing. You a grown woman now. You working. You talk about you've been working since you was 11 years old. So you working. You know what you're doing. Working you with the quotation contracts. marks. Quotation right. marks working. So, right. I mean, but we all know Kendall Jenner. We know that she can't be trusted ever since she showed up in them people's church last Easter with her belly out. What? But anyway. <laughs> and why? Pepsi didn't issue, issue an apology to uh, old boy Marley, the grand grandchild Marley who wrote the song for the commercial, which I that nigga is held accountable to if he knew what was happening with this. But why <clears throat> y'all didn't issue an apology for him being involved in that? I just feel like it's like she's an adult, like or I mean she's not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if she's grown enough to sign a contract. She's not an infant, and this is not like no one bullied her into doing something like this. So I just think that. Well, I mean, and still, and still, I feel like Chris bullies everybody into everything. But that's not an excuse. No, if your mama's a bully, then then you ought to be used to it. But um, no, she. I don't know. The problem is just like, like why apologize to Crystal Jenner? Why not apologize? Crystal Jenner. Why did I say that? What is her name? Kendall. Crystal. (laughs) Child, same difference. Anyway. um, Like, we apologizing. Apologizing to her. It's like, why not apologize to the protesters? Why not apologize to the movement that the ad is making fun of? Exactly. Like, to apologize to her. It's, it's, it's further, it further proves that y'all don't get, like, y'all don't care about the movement and you've missed the mark completely. And you missed the mark about why you missed the mark. (laughs) Exactly. Like you're completely clueless. And it's just, and it's just an example of what it, what it is to be white and privileged and to be white and oblivious in this country that you don't have to pay attention to these kinds of things because they don't affect you. Nope. And I say it all the time. White people stay throwing out. They stay throwing out a bomb and looking around trying to figure out, trying to act like, oh, who did that? Who caused this big commotion? 
They love to start something and then walk away from it. And in this particular, and they never understand why people get so upset at their actions or their words or whatever it is that it is at that moment. Like they never understand why people get so upset because they just don't even try to understand. For you all to issue an apology to Kendall Jenner clearly shows that you do not understand what you did wrong. What you did wrong was belittle and make fun of multiple causes that people are very passionate and feel very deeply about and affect their personal lives in so many different forms of fashion, whether that be Black Lives Matter, whether that be the the the, the transgender movement, no matter what it is. These no are issues, what, right. These are issues of social injustice. Exactly. It's not just like I'm personally offended, but like these are issues that uh, demonstrate systemic oppression exactly. and how things have literally just been screwed up for and and how and, and have marginalized specific populations of people in this country throughout history. This is not just like, oh, I'm personally offended by this because it's counter to my own personal opinions. Like we're talking about like grave injustice. Like we're talking on, on about niggas being killed in the street exactly. multiple times all we're the time. About- we're talking that, about trans women getting right. killed in bathrooms, getting raped. We're talking about people getting sent back to countries where they they came over here and this is where they wanted to be. And you don't need to you don't send somebody back somewhere. That's not how you do things. They don't do that to Americans when we go to other countries. Right. So why like are we doing that? Total violation of rights in this in this place where everyone who is a citizen here is promised certain rights. And then you just, you know, so I think it's just, it's complete. It was completely, I, I wanted to talk about it because I feel like we had to address it in some way. Um, but yeah, F Pepsi forever. Don't ever, ever drink that stuff. Even I'm though so I will probably have, listen, <laughs> my house was a Pepsi house. We didn't really mess with Coke. No. Um, I don't really drink soda no more because, no, you I don't know, either. I'm just committed to wearing a crop top this summer and uh, it's just not good for you. Um, you. But um, I think, I I mean, you know, it's just, you can't really, you can't really come back from this. So um, listen, it really pissed me off because I enjoy a cold Pepsi. I don't drink soda either. I actually drink seltzer. Um, every once in a while, you all will hear me open it while we are recording, <laughs> but mm, I drink a ton of seltzer like that water. Damn lighter. What? I don't know. You keep talking about this non-existent soundbite. Girl, it's a soundbite. Girl, it's like a white noise. I don't. Nobody hears it but you. Girl, just let me know. Just (laughs) let me know when you're gonna uh, finish with this lie, so we can get back to the show, please. Thank you. But I'm pissed off because when I would have my Chinese food every now and again, I enjoy a cold Pepsi. I don't know what it is. Maybe that is strange. I don't really care. But I love a cold Pepsi when I eat Chinese food. That is my relation. That is what I enjoy. And you all have ruined it. And now I have to drink Coke. I'm going to have to go home and to my my grandparents' house and explain to them why we cannot bring Pepsi into the home no more. And that's going to be difficult. Because... (laughs) <laughs> not to say, not to say that you know my family is not. Um, it's, I just feel like it's going to take some doing. 
they they totally would uh, agree. And, and ha- we have talked about how Pepsi was dead, dead wrong. But I'm just telling you that people, Pepsi is also ingrained into the culture and fabric of my, <laughs> of my uh, upbringing, of my family structure. Everybody's not going to stop drinking Pepsi. As a unit. <laughs> so I feel like it's going to be really difficult. It's going to be a hard sell for me to get my grandfather to stop buying Pepsi. It's hard. Um, like people try to, people try to shame me for eating Chick-fil-A. Oh, honey, I w- they're going to be so mad when they get to heaven and realize that those wonderful chicken strips are served in glory. They are like I in, in golden chafing dishes. I don't understand. They in my like my boss is one. He tries to make me feel bad about eating Chick-fil-A. And I said, you're Chick-fil-A. not going to ever succeed. Listen, listen, <laughs> I'm not here to debate certain no. things. I'm here for this chicken. That's all. I don't That's really it. I'm not Let's concerned see. with your your Mormon homophobic, um, Listen, uh, racist. I, think it's un- <laughs> I do think that it's unfortunate, Creators. but I also think that this chicken is delicious. Right, <laughs> like your whatever <laughs> they can go wherever they can go to an island because now we have the recipe. I just just make sure that this establishment stays up and running. <laughs> I don't care what happens to the family. I just want the chicken. I don't know. We've got I'll to be do eating. better. We have to we have to do better. I think that you know we all need to be aware of yeah you know, Pepsi serious. products and and um you know govern ourselves accordingly because you know we have to you know realize we can do things to send Pepsi a message just like we can do things to send other corporations a message that do terrible things. So absolutely. You should keep that in mind in the future. F Pepsi forever since they want to apologize to Kendall Jenner. And since they're right. so dense that they don't even see or really understand the severity of their uh of of, of offense of offense that they have um <laughs> bestowed. Severely. Like it's just <laughs> I can't even find my words. The severity. It's just that severe. It's grave. It's just about the bullshit that they like that's really what it is mm-hmm. all those things but yes speaking of injustice the next thing we're going to talk about at the kitchen table this week is um the fact that women still make um still don't make as much as as our as our male counterparts Um, in every, in in just about every industry and in just about every state. So Mm -hmm. last week on April 4th, um, April 4th, 2017 was equal pay day in the United States and equal pay day was is uh, a day that was established, um, debt and dedication to raising awareness about the existing gender pay gap in this country. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's set to symbolize when women's pay earnings catch up to men's earnings. So, how far into the current year women must work to earn what men earned in the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for that, um, that year, for me, for this year, the date was April 4th. Um, because uh, according to the Institute of Women's Policy Research in 2015, female full-time year-round workers made only 80 cents for every dollar earned by men. Um, so there's a gender wage gap of 20%. And if the change uh, continues at the same slow pace as it has done for the past 50 years, it will take 44 years 
until 2059 for women to finally reach pay parity. For women of color, the rate of change is even slower. So black women will have to wait until 2124 and Hispanic women will have to wait until 2248. Um, so, you know, this is like a real thing. <laughs> um, it is. And it's, it's hard to believe that, you know, in this year, this day and age, we still have to contend with this. Um, I read a, um, an article in Essence Magazine this week um, that really very nicely laid out uh, you know, that it's, that this is an issue that affects every industry in every state, um, with, you know, women making as low as 45 and 50 cents to the dollar, um, mm -hmm. in certain states. And it's just like, what? Like, I wanted to bring it up, um, because I feel like it's important for us to be aware of these things. So that we can, you know, make choices um, that are going to be best for us as we navigate our lives and careers. So, like, given this information, what do you think there are some of the things that we can do as women to, you know, make some sort of change or impact in this or even change it? Not, not even on a national level, but how can I? How can I, knowing this information, what are some things that I can do to kind of improve on my own situation? Right. So if you're going to speak on an individual basis, what I personally, what I think is that, um, you know, you can't, the thing about it is that you don't know what other people are making, right? You don't go into a job and say, okay, what's your salary? All right. I want to make sure that I get that or higher. Like that's just not realistic. Right. But what you can do, like some of the small things that not small, but big, big things that you can do that can help to, to help your situation. God, I can't get my words out. Just a side note, we record really late at night. So we're always after dog, work, after tired, work. not even directly after work, like Life. after the evening is done right? After. is when we record. So, so bear with us. But, um, when you go into a job, first of all, you want to make sure that you do your research as to what a proper salary would be for that position. So you make sure you do your research first and foremost. Um, make sure that you are negotiating your salary to something that you feel is fair uh, compensation for what your duties and your role will be. Right. Um, we are, always want to make sure. Oh, hmm? sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm -mm, you're good. Go ahead. Um, there are uh, lots of websites, lots of information available in print and online that, you know, will help you to determine what a fair salary is for just about any position there. I know that there's a website called Glass Ceiling. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I know that there are others. I think that that's the one that just came to. It's Glassdoor as is well. It, is it Glassdoor? It might be. Oh, man, if we're talking about the same one, I think maybe. it is Glassdoor. And why did I say glass ceiling? Because it's the same shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, bear with us, y'all. We're gonna be all right. One day we're gonna we're gonna actually have ourselves together. Yes, Glassdoor. That's the one, not glass ceiling. Okay. <laughs> Search um, your actual job or profession. And find comparable salaries so that you can, um, you know, be aware and, and not just just take the first thing that you're offered. Um, I can yep. speak to this, especially after graduating. Um, I got a real light. Y'all hear that lighter? Did what? I make that I up? Oh, okay. I heard oh, okay. Please. Anyway, 
right after graduating, um, I uh, got offered a job and the salary was not um, what I was expecting. Um, And I was nervous and found myself with a lot of stress and anxiety because I needed a job. So it was like, do I tell them that, like, you know, I need more money or do I just take this job? Because where I come from, when somebody gives you something, you say, thank you. You don't say this is not enough. Um, and, but you know, I was, I was really nervous about it and I, I did not want to make this decision, you know, by myself because, uh, I knew that there were people around me who were in a position to help me. Um, so everyone I asked was just like, you have to negotiate. And I was afraid to do it because I thought that they would be like, oh, no, girl, never mind. And just hire somebody else. But there is there is a lot of information out there. There are steps that you can take to learn how to counter offer. Um, and that's what I did. And I was able to uh, present that to um, the hiring manager. And we were able to negotiate some you know, other things in order to get me closer to where I wanted to be. And it was kind of a life-changing um, experience for me because I had never, and you know, at that point I was 33 years old um, mm-hmm. and I had never, ever, ever uh, negotiated a salary. And I am i was embarrassed to say that at first, um, but I realized that I wasn't alone. Um, uh, when I started, you know, digging and doing research, there are great books out there um that and, and great resources that will really kind of school you and help you to make uh the right choices uh so like jay was saying um it's really important to do your research and just be as informed as possible um you know when you're going in um to job opportunities and not being afraid to negotiate salary and ask for what you need um another quick story lovey shout out to lovey um um, I think is it Ajayi? Anyway, um, best New York Times bestselling author of I'm Judging You. I was um, friends. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Was on her Facebook page. And she was talking about the importance of negotiating salary. She said she was talking to one of her friends who um, uh, was a you know hiring. Um, I guess I mean in management and was looking to hire someone. Made an offer to a very talented African American woman, um, and gave her a starting salary, and she just accepted it. And she was like, she had fifteen thousand more dollars to give her, and she would have given it to her if she would have just asked. Um, but you know she didn't, so she lost out on fifteen thousand dollars. Um, more per year, mm. which is significant. <laughs> um, I don't know. Lord. It might not be for you, but that is significant for me. Um, <laughs> so ladies, please, please, um, if you are starting a job or even sometimes those of you who go up for, um, you know, your performance reviews, there may be some uh, room or opportunity for you to um, negotiate your salary. Um, or negotiate your pay raise. So if you have not considered doing that, please do that, especially, only and especially if you are doing your thing at your job. Don't be be out there talking about Jade and Kia said, do this if you come into work late and not doing what you're supposed to do. Um, But if you know Mm -hmm. that you are a valuable asset to the company or the organization that you work for, um, you, you, you are well within your rights to ask for um, them to compensate you at the level to which you are working. 
Um, yeah, never be afraid. Never, never be afraid to, never be afraid to to know what your worth is. Don't go into a job thinking that you have to take whatever they give you. Um, Kia brought out a really good point earlier where she said she was always taught to just kind of take uh, what was offered and say thank you. And I think that's a really good point because I feel like a lot of people were raised that way. Um, there were a lot of people who were taught to negotiate their salaries, but unfortunately that's a luxury that, uh, that some of us were not, were not privy to because we were raised in working families where it's like, you need to be happy that you have a job and you need to be happy if you got a, a decent job and you need to be happy if you got a job that was able to pay your bills and God forbid you get a job that you love, you know what I'm saying? Like, then you really go ahead and take the opportunity that is handed to you, but you need to make sure that you're constantly doing your research. Do your research not only about the salaries, but about the company itself, about the the role itself, about the the um, responsibilities that you will be in, you will be in charge of, and just everything that falls into that position, so that you are getting what you deserve. And a lot of you are out here, and you're getting degrees, such as my sis. You're getting your PhDs. You're getting your masters, um, and it's important that, that, you know, that you, you, you worked hard for something, you know what I'm saying? And don't think that you just have to fall just because somebody might choose somebody else. There's a million other positions out there. And another point that I like to bring up just from like an entrepreneur standship, um, standship, (laughs) entrepreneurship. I can't get my words out from, from, standpoint there we go god what is happening right now what is happening every night i'm so tired um just from somebody who is running their own business you know i have a catering business in particular when i when i pitch for catering jobs and i and i send out proposals you know of course i want to be competitive and i want to make sure that i'm giving the best rate possible but I don't want to shortchange myself in the long run. And I had to learn that the hard way. There were jobs that I did and I should have charged significantly more for my services. You know what I'm saying? I gave above and beyond, but you also have to pay your dues. And that's something that you have to keep in mind as well. Um, but I I have to make sure that when I'm, you know, when I'm sending out my proposals, I'm not afraid to put my time on there. Like I cook this food. I have to package this food. I have to go and I have to purchase the ingredients that go with, with all of these meals. And so therefore I should be compensated for that. And it's not shooting myself in the foot and telling these people, okay, you need to pay me tens of thousands of dollars for what I'm doing right now. But it's making sure that I know what my worth is. I know what my skill level is. And I, deserve as a person who's been working and working to build their business to charge what I, what I should be charging. And we don't need to be afraid to do that in those standpoints either. So yeah, I think it's really key that we make sure that we do our research and whatever, whatever career that you choose to go and don't be afraid to speak up and ask for what, for what you're due. Agreed. Um, especially, um, since, uh, you know, the resources are available to you to, to do that. Um, just make sure that you're taking full advantage of all that's out there. Um, and I'm not, I wanted to say that to say, you know, we're not suggesting that, you know, we know that some of you have been taught in um, 
you know, socialized by your parents and you have had people around you who have given you this advice. So um, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody doesn't know just because I didn't know. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, there are people that don't know. So if you know that you know how to negotiate a salary, you know, check in with your sister, your sister friends and be like, hey, girl, do you know what you, you know, you know, share the wealth, share the knowledge, because I can speak for the contingent of those of us who are out here, you know, especially those of us who work in industries, you know, like education or social work, um, you know, nonprofit sectors that are not, you know, comparable to those other people who are working in accounting firms or working in law firms where there's more money generated and, and salaries are typically higher. Um, I was kind of taught coming out of undergrad that like, you know, you going into education or you going into certain, certain fields, you kind of get what you get. Like, and you don't really expect to, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, don't expect, don't expect this out of the world, out of this world salary because of the industry that you're in. Um, so there are, I'm just saying that to say, you know, make, it's all about helping each, each other. So, um, mm-hmm. if you, if your dad taught you how to negotiate a salary, if your uncle, if your aunt, if your grandmother, your mom, um, you know, share the wealth and, you know, give some information on Twitter, on, on your social media, just share the wealth because there are women out here who don't know. And, um, because they don't know, they, they, you know, are limited themselves and limited in their families. Um, and to your point, Jade, about being an entrepreneur in this age of, um, you know, where the gender wage gap is what it is and the, you know, situation is all the more dire for women of color. I think it's in our best interest to, um, you know, we are born hustlers. So now we have to like, you know, really walk up in it, stand up in that, um, you know, in mm-hmm. addition to my day job, I'm taking on other entrepreneurial, uh, you know, um, opportunities because, um, (laughs) you know, I know that very recently y'all's president revoked (laughs) Obama protection for female workers, um, and signed an executive order that eliminated the 2014 fair pay and safe workplaces order that was established to ensure that companies and corporations and industries who have federal contracts, they have to obey labor and civil rights laws. So y'all's president did away with that. Um, and you know, so that means that, you know, the buffer, you know, that was in place to help us to address the gender wage gap is now gone. So it would be in our best interest to kind of make sure that we can take care of ourselves. So I'm just have multiple streams of income, whatever talents that you have that you can maximize on and kind of create and, um, you know, another, form of income or revenue in your household uh definitely maximize on those things and take full advantage of those things you know get out there and get this money because you know we have to you know be real intentional about about these things because of the age that we are living in that's that's i think all i got for kitchen table talk today yeah, that wraps up Kitchen Table Talk. Um, make sure that you're sending your emails to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we welcome all questions. Uh, we welcome suggestions your, for topics. You know, if you want, if it's your suggestions for Kitchen Table Talk, if there's something that you want to talk about at the kitchen table, all of that. So gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. We're getting tons of emails. Um, Thanks, guys. Lots of responses. And we really, yeah, we really appreciate you all. 
hitting us up and, and enjoying and interacting with us. Cause that's really what this is all about. It's all of us trying to get grown. You know what I'm saying? So we have to do that with each other and support one another. So with that being said, um, we're going to call this segment, the honesty box who remember, you remember the honesty box? Yes. Facebook's like worst feature ever. Let me ask you something. <laughs> I'm so glad. they. I don't think they that. did. did they I just that? know I had to take it off my page. I used no. it one time and I got this one message from someone that was like, you think you all that and you ain't. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> How I was an adult. I think. I think I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I hope that was no. One of your I, I, my um. So of course I called all my friends and we was like trying to figure out who it was. It's probably. I was like, oh my god. I'm trying to think when it was. <laughs> it had to be. I know that I was out of. I was out of college and I was out of UConn. So. Out of yes. College. Cause I didn't, I didn't get Facebook oh, until, no. cause I'm old as Jack. So I didn't get Facebook didn't come around until my first year out of college. I was at UConn when Facebook started for me. Cause I, it was like 2004. Can you respond back on Honesty Box? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I sure would have been like, you right. And I am. This was a long time ago. I'm going to say it was a, a smooth 2008, 2009. And, um, <laughs> They was just like, oh, my God, you walk around like you just you think you all that. And they said something about my teeth, like your teeth are jacked up or something. And I was just like, first of all, you have like the straightest Listen, teeth ever known. I was man. like, what? what? OK, so no, in full disclosure, I had to get in, I got bra- I had braces as a child. Then my wisdom teeth came in and shifted my teeth. Then I got Invisalign. This was before I got Invisalign. But my teeth were never like, in my opinion, my teeth were never jacked. They just like were, they were good and then they were not as good and then they got good again. <laughs> but your teeth Listen, are so somebody straight. told me that my teeth was jacked up and I think that I walk around, I walk around like my stuff don't stink. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so I took that honesty box. Yes, I took that thing right off my page. Like the girls got something to say. I've never been interested, but I do remember it. And it, it was, was so shady. And, and it was like um, so petty. It was. So that's why we so we're going to, this is not, we're, this is not intended to be shady or petty. However, we're going to call it the honesty box because if you write in and you have something shady, or you or have petty, a question about say. a shady or petty situation, or you just have a general question, you may or may not want to disclose who you are, but just, I mean, just, you can ask, it's a safe space where you can ask your question and receive um a response and you know it could be advice if you want it to be or it could just be you know another perspective like you could take it and apply it to your yes. life as you see fit that's so i think that's that's you know honesty box was fitting for that reason because i mean it, it could be advice but it don't really have to be yep. so it's just a place where you if you have a question you can ask jade and myself and we will give you our opinions and perspectives so we got a question um uh from a young lady um she did not disclose whether or not um she wanted us to share her name so for the purposes of- it's the honesty box so you know what across the board we we're will. just gonna keep it anonymous um unless you say in the email you it's okay uh for us to disclose we will just keep it anonymous but you know <clears throat> I will read it at this time. 
Hi, Kia yes. and Jade. Hey, girl. Uh, I hope this email finds you well. Um, I'm a 25-year-old female, and I love you too so much. Bless your heart. <laughs> we love you too, sis. Yes. Um, I'm not going to read this part where she's, she's being very complimentary. Just <laughs> read the email. Don't judge me. <laughs> that was so judgy. Okay. She said, your podcast is perfect in all caps. Also, Kia, you have such a cool, raspy voice. Thank you, girl, for appreciating my manly Stanley. Shout out to Miss Gia. It is is not a manly Stanley. You have like this real, it's like a black woman, like, it's like, oh my God. Listen, tangent. Okay, we should start announcing the tangents because, I mean, you know that they're coming. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Yes. When I was in college, this boy, told me that I should be a phone sex operator and I was so offended. <laughs> I was like, what? I was so excited. I was like, sir, do you know who I am? What? How dare you? I was like, and it was so weird because he'd be like, you sound so sexy on the phone. And I would be like, nigga, I'm talking about Skittles. Like, what are you talking about? Oh! <laughs> like, the red I don't even, like, it just made me so uncomfortable. Well, that's better than what I've ever gotten. Ain't nobody ever said that to me. I wish somebody told me I could be a phone sex operator. The only thing I ever got is how come all light skin girls you know what? got voices? I was talking to my like, friend Amber about this. Like, hey, Ams. Hey, twin. Happy birthday, girl. So she and I are, you know, women of a particular height. And we both have deeper speaking voices. Girl. Mm-hmm. Stop with these lies. She want to be. You want to be called so like, bad. But you bless your heart. But I am. Uh, like, I, I, I'm look, not I'm hating. Not hating. Oh, girl, this stuff. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we were talking about how that. we felt like women who are taller, like taller women, have deeper voices. So that could just be a theory that we just made up. So if you are of a woman of a particular height and you have a manly Stanley as well, you know, send us a tweet and let us know that we're not out here. Us Amazonian women are not out here by ourselves. Anyway. Thanks, girl, for thinking that my voice. Right. Yeah. Send us a tweet. Let us know. Join Not us. You. Watch your pronouns. <laughs> Ain't no us. Which is join myself and all the. What is the height requirement for this? Because this for sounds being, discriminatory. For being considered Amazonian, I think Amazonian is five nine or better. Yes. I'm five <laughs> nine <you>. or better. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's like that's like Happy birthday, Dustin. Dustin. We love you. We love you. Anyway, they said they said yesterday. They said, Dustin, how old are you? That's right, honey. You better believe it. We was born the same year, so we're the same age. So on my birthday, I'll be saying the very same thing. How old are you? Old enough. (laughs) Enough. God bless you. Well, I feel like I'm tall enough to be a part of your club. Okay, I'm coming anyway. Anyway. Let's just get back to reading this. Uh, this young lady said, I have a cool, raspy voice. I thought I sounded like Manly Stanley. Shout out to Miss Gia. I got that from her, Manly Stanley. When she gets up in the morning, she'd be like, I sound like Manly Stanley. And I was like, I sound like Manly Stanley all day long. But anyway, let me get back to reading. Mm-mm-mm. So this young lady said that she is a graduate student and she's graduating this May. And the issue is, yes, girl, you made it out. Um, the issue is the main goal of my program is to go off to medical school. Long story short, I bombed it. Oh, however, sorry, I skipped a whole line. Let me just start that over. Oops. 
She said, I am a graduate student and I'm graduating this May. The issue is the main goal of my program is to go off to medical school after um, I graduate. However, in order to do this, you have to take and do well on the AMCAT. Long story short, I bombed it. And even though I plan to retake it, I can't stop comparing myself to my classmates and beating myself up about it. I'm in a class of 20 at an HBCU and most, if not all of my classmates have secured admission into medical school. Whenever someone asks me how my application cycle is going or whether I have gotten admissions anywhere or if I've got an interview, I feel extreme anxiety, almost like they can see through and can read all of my insecurities. Every time I think I'm over this failure, um, all my old feelings arise. Um, how do I learn not to care so much about what people think? I also want to add that I'm the type of person that may give too much power to people and their opinions about me. I struggle with remaining confident and not caring. I would say that this is one of my biggest flaws. Any advice or guidance would help. Thank you and love you guys. Thank you for writing in um, and for being a part. Don't beat yourself up. I know that's easier said than done. And at the end of the day, you may listen to what I say and say, well, I still feel like shit. Um, and that's, that's fine. You have to realize that there are so many different types of tests that people have to take upon graduation of whatever you've got the real estate exams, real estate. That is, or what, I can't remember what the thing is called. Yeah. When you do real estate, you got to oh, yeah. take a test. Well, you, anything, anything that you need a license for, you, you got to take a test. Right. Anything you need a license for, you have to take a test. And, and a lot of times people don't pass the first time. A lot of it is nerves. You made your right. way through. So the test is, is not is not an indication as to you being a failure. A lot of people crack under pressure. Some people are not good test takers. And you might have just been stressed. Don't beat yourself up about it and realize that you're, you know, you can't keep comparing yourself to everybody else. I know that is something that you're going to hear all the time, but it's very real. You can't compare yourself to other people. You don't know what their circumstances are. You know, you may have a job, you may have things that you've had to focus on. You may have had nerves. You you just feel differently. You're a different type of person than somebody else. And you can't compare yourself to them because they may have passed the test and you didn't. Just get yourself together, figure out how you can de-stress the best way possible and take some time Absolutely. and take it again. That's it. Like, that's it. Just take it until, until you don't, until you can't that's take it. it no more. And the beauty, <laughs> the beautiful thing is that um, nobody's going to ask you how many times you take, you had to take it in order to pass after you pass it. That's um, it. And that's it. Nothing about nothing about nothing. You have to remember and put, okay, I'm going to offer you this perspective. Nothing is ever wasted. So no experience that we are, that we have, or we have to face in our lives, especially in school, um, in graduate school, I'm speaking from personal experience. No, ex nothing is wasted. Mm -hmm. So uh, we learn through successes and we learn through failures. And I can't really, be I can't really believe that I'm going to disclose this online because, <laughs> I mean, on, like on the internet because you know there's this, this stigma, especially when you work in education, there's stigma around failing things or failing tests. But so what? Mm -hmm. Um. I okay, so in my PhD program, you have to take comprehensive exams. Um, so there's two rounds. There's your comp one you have to take in my program. This is not for all PhD programs, but in my specific program, 
you take a comprehensive exam after your first year and then you take the next comprehensive exam, you know, right before, uh, like, you know, after you've written your dissertation proposal. Um, so the first uh, comprehensive exam, it was take home. They give you this massive question and they give you like 10 days to answer it in like a paper form and you hand it back in and faculty members read your response and determine whether or not you passed or failed. Um, the first conference, the first time I'd sat for comps after year one, I did not pass it. Um, and of I thought I was going to die. Like, <laughs> like this is not, and I mean, I'm not, you know, yeah, I know I'm, I'm not one to just be out here like tooting my own horn. Um, but all my life school has been something that I've done relatively well. Um, and I didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't have to try, but it didn't take as much effort for me to do well in school. It just was something that kind of came naturally to me. So this was the first time in my entire academic trajectory, um, from like kindergarten to this point where I took a test and failed it and was like, what? <laughs> like, so I'm sorry. You said what? <laughs> like, it was like, do you know who I am? My name is Takia. No, check that again. That can't be right. So it really, really took all the wind out of my sails for a minute. And it really made me question like, well, maybe I don't need a PhD. Maybe it wasn't right for me to make, the, you know, to come here. Maybe I should just, you know, go ahead on back to work. And maybe this whole thing isn't for me. But in hindsight, um, failing comps when I failed it was probably the one of the best things that could have happened to me um, as a as a student, as a PhD student, um, because mm -hmm. I was able to get the feedback from the test, uh, and I sat down with my reviewers, who were really, um, you know, really understanding, and I was fortunate to have people who, you know, were not mean to me. They were very nice about it. They were very affirming and they reassured me and they were able to show me exactly why I did not pass. And it was a matter of, it wasn't that the content of the exam wasn't right. I just was not writing author authoritatively. So like when you reach a certain point in, in your, you know, training as a scholar, it's um, not like, you know, you write in a paper and just saying, this is what I think, and these are my opinions, but you have to be able to kind of substantiate your argument in a way um, that, you know, carries a weight behind it that, you know, suggests that you know what you're talking about. And up until that point, my papers were really passive and it was kind of just like, well, I think that this is what this is saying. And it was an opportunity for me to learn and grow how to write um, like a scholar. And if I hadn't failed, if I would have just like, you know, stopped and be like, oh, well, I guess the PhD isn't for me. If I would have just quit my program and, and got a job and went back to work, then I would have missed out on that opportunity to really grow. And once I was able to get the skill that I needed, like it was very, it was a very simple rewrite. I submitted again and I passed and it wasn't something that deterred or threw me off of my course or my track. It was something that I had to go through and something that I had to experience. So if that's any, if that's any perspective to you, um, if, I mean, if that's any use to you, I would say 
sit back and think about what it is that you can learn from this particular experience. See if you can think about how, think about all the things that led up to you taking the MCAT the last time and try to, you know, figure out what it is that may have caused you to not do as well and then focus on that and improving that. And I promise you that in doing that, you'll grow. Um, and when you do get your admission into medical school, you'll be the better for it, if that makes sense. Ooh. <laughs> Amen. Ooh, that was so, that was beautiful, sis. That was so nice. And I'm gonna end on a confidence, on a confidence note. I'm gonna tell you this <laughs> from a nigga like me. I am not going to medical school, have never considered it, have never considered getting a PhD. And so when people ask you how things are going, have you started applying for jobs yet, whatever, 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 and you start to feel anxiety because you think that they're seeing through you, like you said, or, you know, they're seeing your insecurities, I guarantee you 95% of them have not done what you're doing. (laughs) And I'm hoping that the majority of the people who are asking you are people that care about you. And if it's people that care about you, don't be afraid to say, you know what? I didn't pass my test the first time, but take Kia's advice, see what you can learn from it and how you can do it the next time. And you just say that and be like, you know what? I'm I'm just going to try again. You know, I'm getting some things together so that I can do it again. And then leave it at that. Sometimes, it, you know, you might be in your head a little bit more than you realize. I- and so... Take that and realize that most of these people, most, most of these niggas are not, get, are not taking. It's real. And I mean, and then, you know, to Jay's point, a lot of people, when we're students, uh, we have to really be conscious of the fact that most people don't know what we experience as students and can't relate to what we go through. So I know when I was in the exactly. dissertation process, I really had to, I don't know if you remember this, Jay, but on my Facebook and you know, just kind of like in family group chats and family kind of, I really put a whole announcement out there and was like, can I have you guys attention, please? Thank you very much. Don't ask me nothing else. Okay. Don't ask me no questions. I don't know the answers to your questions. I don't know when I'm going to be finished. I'm going to be finished just as soon as I get done. I will let you know when I'm finished. Don't ask me how long it's going to take. Don't ask me nothing. Like I say that to say questions, you know, you know, we, we deal with enough pressure being in graduate school and having to take these difficult tests and write these papers and books and all the things that go into our training as graduate students. And don't compound that with asking me every three days. So how's it going? <laughs> it's going just like it was on Tuesday, right. sis. Like. <laughs> I promise you. I promise. And I know that you guys just want us to know that you're engaged and you praying. Just say, you know, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I know that you can do it. But sometimes when y'all continue to bombard people with questions, it makes things worse because it puts more pressure on us. I had to let my family know. Don't ask me when graduation is. I will tell you when it is. You will have time to get your house in order so you can come. But just don't ask me no more. Like just and it's okay. So if you need to tell people to stop asking you, when have you got your admission? It's like, hey, sis, I will make an announcement. I'll wear a T-shirt. I'll buy you a button just as soon as I get in somewhere. Don't ask me no more. It's okay. It's okay for you to say that. Um, Yeah. 
Don't feel bad about it. It, it is. is your business. This is your process. You have to pay for the MCAT and you have to pay for medical school. Them niggas are not going to uh, open up. Uh, what's some things called? Oh, bad. But Pocket what's books? some um, GoFundMe's? <laughs> They're not going to start no GoFundMe to buy you a oh, textbook no. or nothing. So, <laughs> so um, nope. what you will, what you can nope. do is ask them to mind their very, very own business. <laughs> And it and it's just as simple as that. Yes. And all you can say it with love of Jesus Christ in your heart. You don't have to be mean about it. You could just be like, hey sis, that's all I got for you. And that's really it. And that goes across Absolutely. the board with all your business. You can it is always okay to say Listen. it's none of your business. Listen. Don't ask me anything else. We so can many apply ways. That so but that's our ways. honesty box question for ep- for this episode. We thank um the young lady who uh, sent us this question and we hope that what we said was helpful to you. So like Jay said, oh, go ahead. Make oh, sure you, you s- Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say make sure you send your honesty box questions to Getting Grown Podcast. Getting Grown Podcast at gmail.com And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y honey. Petty peeves time. Petty, Gotta figure out, like, we petty just keep pe- singing things. Petty peeves. Petty, petty peeves. We're so petty. We real petty. You can't really. Your petty. neck hurt my chain petty. heavy. Petty. That's a, that's a, a play oh, on Gucci Mane. Of course, because all things that come out of your mouth are a play on Gucci Mane. That's right. I love the Gucci Mane. So this week in Petty Peeves, um, my I guess I'll go first. Go for it. My Petty Peeves are really, 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 like, I'm tired. It's starting to get warm outside, and niggas are in heat. They come out in droves, and they say stupid things, and I'm tired of niggas saying things that they can't possibly think are getting ready to get somebody to pay them any sort of positive attention. So I'm walking down the street today and this nigga comes up and starts walking next to me. Not interested. I have my headphones on. Why do you talk to people when they have their headphones on? And I wear big giant Sony headphones on top (laughs) of my head, like on top of my head, covering my ears like muffs in the summertime. I'm sweating, but I (laughs) thought it protected me from the niggas but it doesn't so this nigga comes up to me today and he's like oh you 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 made my cell phone go off you make everything go off i'm not interested i just keep walking i still using pickup oh sis in this day and age wait so i'm like i'm i'm acting like i don't hear him i keep walking is it okay? Can I just, can I get in touch with you? So finally I take one headphone halfway off of my ear and I said, I'm married. <laughs> married to the game. Sir. That's my petty peeve. <laughs> Mar- Cause I am. And you think that I'm going to just fall and give you my phone number and we're going to live happily in love. Me and four of your kids. My petty peeve. My petty peeve is for the women who respond to these kinds of things. Because you are the reason why people say this nonsense. It's the same women who listen to Tyrese. So, lost cause. Oh, I just want y'all to do better. Please don't give these niggas the power. Don't give them the okay to continue to say these awful things 
to women as they walk down the street. What woman is going to be like? Yeah, I'm married to the game. Married, married to the game. <laughs> right. I'm the plug. What, what like, you want? What? <laughs> like, I'm, how do you think I'm getting ready to come back with a response to that? Like, what is your... Ex- you didn't think this through. And I hate to yank the world and like throw up my ring finger for everything. But if you continue to talk to me. <laughs> when you're the wife. That life I secured of a wife, the bag. Don't holler at I me. I secured the bag. I secured the bag. <laughs> I'm your nigga. You're my bitch. So. Oh my Yeah, God. that's what she was singing in that video. So I don't want to Yandy Smith you. But singing. like if I tell you. Singing quotes. Right. Mouthing. If I tell you that I'm married, that means stop talking to me, nigga. Leave me alone. I'm not interested in anything else that you have to say. And no, we cannot be friends. I don't need any more friends. I'm not even married. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need any more friends. I'm all tapped out on the friend, the friends department. God bless you. The friend zone is closed. That's it. Sir, you want the friend zone? Go listen to loudspeakers network. I don't, it ain't here. It's like what? So that's my petty peeve. Niggas who still use pickup lines and who use pickup lines that they can't possibly think that are getting ready to attract a woman. And if they are, then again, they're the type of women that listen to Tyrese and probably both of you niggas are lost. What's your petty peeve, sis? My petty peeve I'm sharing with uh, one of our wonderful listeners who wrote in and shared her petty peeve and it just resonated with me. So like, and it just, it really struck a chord. So I decided that I was going to um, read her petty peeve and expound on it, you know, because I, I too, we, this is a petty peeve that she and I share. Um, So shout out to uh, a Miss Joy Johnson, Joy Ashley Johnson. I hope that it's okay to say your name, sis. Josh. Um, yeah. So I'm going to read her petty peeve. The subject line on the email is who made the greens? <laughs> Woo, this is my kind of carrying on. I'm excited. Okay. First off, thank you for being such great vessels. Y'all are amazing and your platform is awesome. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, we Josh. love you, sis. Um, if you're anything like myself, you hate the corporate potluck. My God today. (laughs) She said, having to pay out of what little paycheck you receive to have to feed a bunch of adults burns me up. Potlucks are disgusting. Literally a cesspool of germs seen and unseen. Uh, I work in corporate America where hand sanitizer seems to take place of a good scrub with soap and hot water all too often. Girl. That's not even petty. Girl. That's not petty. Preach. That's not petty. Okay. Please. That is a word. So, Ain't it? Hand sanitizer is green, me. but it does not replace soap. It, does, it will never substitute for soap and hot water. I say hot water because y'all... Listen, stop being childish and washing your hands in cold and water because you, you need to you need to let the dirt know that you mean business. <laughs> and the temperature of your water is going to tell the dirt, oh, we got to get the hell out of here. That's what, yes. <laughs> listen, stop washing your hands in cold and water. And your dishes. And, oh, please. If you're washing your dishes in cold water, you're running the risk of contracting some sort of disease. You're not serious about your life and I want diner. you to do better. Come on. Anyway, 
I digress. As much as um, as much of a joy free food is, believe me, as a college student, it definitely doesn't go unappreciated. Oh, she's in college. Precious heart. Um, if it's one thing I cannot partake in is homemade food made by people I partially like. Girl, say it again. <laughs> she said, my mother said you can't trust everyone's kitchen. Listen, right. I need that. I need that printed on a canvas toe yeah. and a t-shirt. Or one of them knitted things uh, that people hang up in their kitchens. I will wear it on a button on my jean jacket. Gia, um, make a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> on your blackness.com. Um, she said, uh, you can't trust everyone's kitchen. And those words have stuck with me for as long as I can remember. So in regards to the dreaded potluck, I hope that th- that those that hear this will remember that store-bought food is really the safest and preferred way to go. Don't practice your Pinterest recipe <laughs> on the masses. We don't want it. I said, girl, ooh, isn't this good? This is so good. So good. Nobody Number wants two, your sad Halloween cupcakes. No, nobody wants it. <laughs> nobody wants your sad flower seed cookies. Nobody wants that. Your gluten-free lemon bars. Nobody wants we you to bring that. We don't want no, that. We, we don't. Number two. Don't bring your chocolate chip cookies in your spaghetti stains Tupperware. <laughs> if you got spaghetti stain Tupperware, don't put nothing in it but spaghetti. That's your spaghetti no, Tupperware no, from no, now no, no, on. No. Okay, so this show is about advice, right? Tangent. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Announcements. You can wash the spaghetti stains out of your Tupperware. It it goes along with properly washing your dishes. There's, Hot water. There's a few things that I'd like you all to stock your, your, your kitchen up with. SOS pads, also called Brillo pads. They come in copious flavor. They come in lemon. They come in lavender now. There's so many different flavors. SOS or Brillo pads, a sponge, a pack of them because you need to replace it, and some still wool. I know that's very old school, but I keep it you know. just in case. The cast iron gets gritty. So keep those things, some soap and some really hot water and get yourself some kitchen gloves if you can't handle the hot water. And that's why you continue to wash your dishes as if you work at at, 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 at the spoon, the greasy spoon. So stock <laughs> your kitchen with those things. Take your Tupperware, soak it. I always put like a half a cap of bleach. Maybe people don't agree with that, especially some of these new millennials, but it works. Put a little bit of that in some soap. Let it soak with some hot water. Then take your Brillo pad and scrub your Tupperware out. I guarantee you those spaghetti stains will disappear. You might have to wash it a few times, but you can get the grease out of your Tupperware. And by all means, if you're too lazy to get the grease out of your Tupperware, then stop bringing your cookies with cat hair in your spaghetti stained Tupperware, just like the young lady said. Also, as another brief aside... Uh, I have read that you should not warm up things like spaghetti in Tupperware. No. Um, or you should just invest in some glass. Pyrex, yep. Um, or Pyrex or something. Um, because the reason why, like there's this, I can't find the article or remember exactly what it said, but the stains suggest that, you know, the plastic, it's just, there's certain things that we shouldn't warm up in plastic in the microwave. Um, so word to the wise, invest in, you can go down to the Marshalls or the Home Goods Honey to get you a set of Pyrex Tupperware for the low, low. $20. All right. You can walk away. Or less, or less. 
or less. Right. Or okay. Amazon, if you girls are really into these apps. And I heat or my lazy. food up in right. the oven or on top of the stove personally, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah, I don't even own a microwave, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Um, oh, let me just finish. Don't bring your chocolate chip cookies and your spaghetti stained Tupperware. Just go on down to the nearest grocery store and pick up some tortilla chips and salsa. Say word. I mean... Um, also please use utensils when serving yourself. I've seen too many grown folks reach their nasty hands mm. into containers and bags of chips rooting around with all sorts of germs <laughs> for the next person to chew on. <laughs> Gross. Working in an office setting, I already have to sacrifice my space externally. Externally, mm. The last thing I want to do, the last thing we need is to digest your favorite recipes covered <laughs> in the hair of whatever pet you may have at home. Now that, that right there. Okay. I have another story. This was my first job ever. One of my first job ever, but my first job after my, when I left UConn and I got a on campus, like administrative position on campus, my department had like a Christmas potluck and one of the counselors, um, in the division cut his finger on like he had a paper cut. He had a bandaid on his thumb. We was at the potluck and that baby reached his, like there was a cut, a ladle in the punch bowl. And when I tell you that, that bandaid went into that punch. (laughs) Oh no. And I just, I just couldn't find my words, but I audibly gasped. Like, (laughs) it was like, (gasps) (laughs) and everyone was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I'm just, I just have to go. I just can't stay. Oh my God. Oh, I would have I I screamed oh my it like bomb. I would have been like, they made I it went, in the punch bowl. <laughs> I, I was so flustered. And his boss, who was like my mentor at the job, like Ooh. when we got, when I got hired, like you got a mentor in the department, like the, the, the next person up from you, not your, like someone who was on the same employment level as your supervisor but wasn't your direct supervisor so she was i was assistant director in my program she was the director of another program she kind of like saw that i was visibly shaken because i just i wanted to yell at him but i was like it was literally like i had only been there for like three three weeks so, and i was nervous i didn't know what to do so um you screamed bed day to the she like ran me. after me and was like she was like to kid what's wrong i was like jonathan put his bandaid in the crunch and I just like like we can't drink the punch. Don't let anybody drink the punch. <laughs> she was just like, it's okay. <laughs> like I was just like, I was, I was traumatized. Like trauma. Jonathan put his bandaid in the punch. I was so concerned. Do you know why you were really traumatized? Because you knew in your why? like in your like in your mental like in your back mentals, you knew that. If you hadn't seen that, that that nigga would have taken that bandaid out and just gone on about his merry way. I was like, I couldn't. My heart was beating so fast. My heart is beating fast now. <laughs> Thinking about Ooh, it. But yes. Oh. Josh, you had did that, sis, because girl, you had hit the nail on the head with all of these good pearls of wisdom that you. Sh- That's why I had to read it. That was a word. On, our, on, our, um, on my other show, Jade and XD. We talked about um, this person who uh, brought blueberry mac and cheese to a pot, a company pot. Good night. 
So Good that's why you shouldn't eat potluck food. Irene. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, that's our petty peeves, and that's our our third episode of Hey Sis, and that's Ain't the it bus. So listen, <laughs> oh, that's the bus because Brooklyn every time. Every time. Um, we have more petty peeves, and I'm thinking we have to think about this. Uh, but we have so many petty peeves that maybe we'll have just like a petty day, like a petty episode, and we'll just have like an all petty peeves episode. I'm down. Let for us that. know if that's something. Let us know if that's something you want us to do because we have tons and tons of petty peeves, but we love them. So please, please keep them coming. Um, and you can send them to Getting Grown Podcast, G E T T I N G R W O N Podcast no. at gmail.com. <laughs> you said G R W O N. Grown. G R W G R W O. Oh. Sorry. G R O W N. I'm sorry. G E T T I N G R O W N podcast. I promise. I listen. I got We're degrees. Tired. I I just you it's sure just do. late at night. You have listen, you got way more degrees than I could ever even have dreams about. Like we should switch but to I the still can't. Show. I still can't get the typo demon off my back. I'm rebuking the typo demon every yeah, day. Right. See? Ooh, but yeah. Still know oh, way I more also, than me in your sleep, girl. Rest yourself. Anyway, I also would like to share a praise report. We have a praise report. I just saw in the email inbox. We got a praise report from Lori from Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, I got all my families in Nashville. Um, it says, "Dear Kia, you don't know how much I appreciated you giving the advice on taking a closer look at my bills. Sprint charged me for an extra. Oh." Sprint charged me an extra $200 in error after someone had fraudulently charged a new phone on my account. I almost paid it, but God said, daughter, listen to Sister Kia and read your bill. <laughs> <laughs> and then she spoke oh, in tongues. Oh, and then she spoke in tongues. She said, Oh, that's how you said that? No. Well, I don't know. That's unknown tongues. That's her tongues. My tongues are different. So I don't know. I would just receive her tongues as the praise to the Lord, because he is worthy. Because let me tell you who I would have, who I would have had to stab if I would have $200. 200 Sprint bones. Tried. Sprint tried. They sure it. did. Lori, I'm so glad that you read your bill. See, ladies and gentlemen, you must read your bills. The people be out here trying to play you and come for your coins. We don't have time for that. See? We just be Thank trying you. to get grown. We just trying to share the wealth with y'all. Listen, Lori, I'm so glad that you shared that. Read your bills. I'm about to go read mine now. So listen, we're gonna <laughs> go. Not, no, thank y'all right. for listening. Um, catch us next week for episode four of Getting Grown. Make sure that you like us. Make sure that you rate us five stars and subscribe on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on iTunes, on every platform that you possibly can. Getting Grown. Make sure let's grow together so that we can continue to 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 scrape up these gems out here and share them with one another it's like Amen. fishes and loaves niggas fishes and loaves. <laughs> you so deep <laughs> and whole teppy it's time for you to go to I bed i know it's like catfish and white bread it oh just keeps girl multiplying. <laughs> every week i want catfish but oh wait no <laughs> look at you so yes make sure that you like us rate us subscribe to us um we love and you guys. Right in to get yeah, we love you guys and make sure that you moisturize and drink your water because your black will crack if it's dry. 
Bye. Bye. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.